Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, my name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to episode 490 of the Handsome Genius Club radio show. <laughs> you know... You know, Jay, if you're making a bunch of noise in the background, they can hear you. Was I, I wasn't making any noise. What were, you, were we opening the door? Noise. I did open the door. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I my door was so loud. Twice. Anyways, fuck. Kids love to hear a door open and hear me come through it. We're off to a, yeah, yeah. We're off to a very professional start. Uh, <laughs> if you're new here, this is a great time to say this. Please consider subscribing via Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Stitcher Radio, or Google Podcasts, or follow us here weekly at handsomegeniusclub.com uh, so that you won't miss new episodes. Follow us on social media via Twitter or Instagram at HGC Radio Show, and find me on all social media at my name is kingdom uh joining me today on the show our friend and frequent guest and the host of the an elegant weapon podcast mr jason clark hey jay hey anthony hello everybody <laughs> um just to clarify you'll also be listening to episode 413 of an elegant weapon so, whichever way you go, I hope you enjoy this mess. Yes, Swapcast always has to give. Swapcast, podcast, crosspod. <laughs> I always have to give thanks to uh, our Lord and Savior, Doug Stanhope, for uh, coining the phrase or popularizing the phrase Swapcast. Uh, one podcast, two feeds. <laughs> mm -hmm. Stare right at I it. I spent kids. a decade. Hey, I spent a decade calling it a cross pod. I hadn't even heard swap pod until you started using swap, the term. We always called them cross pods. Yeah, cross yeah, pod, swap, swap Sorry, cast, yeah. whatever. It's the same difference. You, my people listen to your show. Your people listen to my show. Maybe they, uh, maybe they end I up subscribed so. to both. So I hope so because if mine do end up uh, subscribing to yours, they're going to hear a fantastic interview you just put out with Zeb fucking Wells. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zeb Wells, who, uh, if you know, is the writer of The Amazing Spider-Man, the new Amazing Spider-Man series for Marvel Comics. And he's a supervising producer, which means he's, you know, the writer in the room uh, for She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. Uh, talk to him. Big thanks to uh, Kevin Boyd once again for uh, hooking me up with the spotlight on Zeb Wells' panel at Fan Expo this year. And uh, thanks to you, my friend, Jay, for uh, facilitating recording that episode. I, hey, man, uh, you may have the sweet, sweet hookup going at home these days, but I am still the king of Gorilla Pod. That is very true. That is very true. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was going to say, I mean, uh, I put out that episode uh, last week, and you have been releasing episodes uh, of uh, of An Elegant Weapon featuring uh, a lot of little interviews that you did at Fan Expo. 
Yeah, I did a two-part extravaganza, as has always been the tradition for fan expos in the past. And I just do my Artist Alley thing, and I run on through, and I had a lot of super fun chats with a lot of cool people. Uh, A bunch of the Raid boys, uh, a bunch of our favorite friends. I finally got to get Andy Belanger on the show uh, through that and had a fantastic little chat with uh, Andy. So I can't wait to get I got to get him on the show for a proper hour because it was like a five or ten minute chat that I had with Andy. And just hearing about his life for five or ten minutes is so enthralling that you want to hear an hour more of it. Right? No, Andy (laughs) is uh, fantastic. And. He uh, he came on uh, my podcast. Oh God, how long ago? It's uh, over a year. So uh, hearing what is new with him is a damn fine thing. Yeah, absolutely. I encourage you to uh, to hook that up and get Andy on an elegant weapon. Are you feeling a little FOMO this weekend coming up? Uh, because of New York Comic Con. By the time this episode goes out. <laughs> Uh, people will be heading home from New York Comic Con, <laughs> but as we record this, it's uh, it's Wednesday the fifth. Uh, most people I know are either in town or on their way to New York for New York Comic Con. I don't Indeed. know. I don't know that I'm feeling uh, left out. I I'm a little I'm a little upset that I did not get uh, my credentials this year. Uh, but I would guess that, you know, with the new building, the North building of the, uh, Javits convention center open, uh, and, uh, people having forgotten that there's still a pandemic that, <laughs> that, that yeah. things are, things are wide open in New York and people are, uh, just chomping at the bit to get back to the convention scene. That's what I saw. That's what we saw here in Toronto at fan expo. And that's what I saw, uh, last month. In Edmonton, even Edmonton was just hopping, dude. Um, was uh, was that a, a, is it a smaller show, Edmonton? Like, it is a smaller it show. Something else. Yeah, it's definitely a smaller okay. show. Uh, I'm not sure what to compare it to. Uh, I think Edmonton is maybe forty thousand people. Oh, it's that tiny. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not. Uh, I, I I can't tell you for sure. Um, I think. On the, I'm going to go to the Fan Expo website and see. I think that they used to, they used to list. Oh yeah, they do still list attendances. So uh, Edmonton, on the website, uh, they they say forty plus thousand people in attendance. Whereas Fan Expo Canada in, here in Toronto in August, it, they list as one hundred and thirty five thousand people. Just to give uh, listeners some kind of something to okay to that's interesting because there was a lot of talk this year that they might break 140 or 145 yeah and i think this is just what <laughs> the numbers they've listed on the website i i also heard that they were expecting to break 140 uh megacon orlando is listed as 140,000 plus calgary damn calgary is a four-day show and that's listed as 90,000 plus that was a great show. Um, what so, a fun time I had in Calgary. Yeah, My rub goodness. that in, buddy. Asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, don't give me that shit. I had to- the, the first the, the first day and a half were one of the most tragic situations I've ever been. Yeah, in. well, we we've talked about that on the show. We go already back, talked about. Go back that, a few but, months, you know. and you can you can hear about uh, the 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 absolute tragedy of. Uh, 
source point press in calgary but uh and they and and my listeners know i was doing first semester exams which i want to interject and say that earlier i woke up to email from the college this morning and the, oh, here's uh, the brag portion of the of the show. Goddamn go. right, second semester uh, <laughs> dean's list is out, and I made the dean's list again. So that's awesome! Congratulations, yeah. you smarty pants. Me, I'm smart. S M R T, baby. So this uh, is awesome because I remember when you were even iffy about going. When you yeah. were like, yeah, I might go back to school. I might do this, and you were kind of soul searching for a bit, and yeah. then you kind of eked into this. And now since you've gone in full bore, uh, you've just fucking taken it by the reins, man. I'm super proud of you. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> Dean's list, Dean's list, my fr- listen to you get high. Uh, <laughs> well, I apologize. Normally I have my own mute button, but we're not set up that way. So normally I can mute my coughs. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not great with my mute button. I have a new mixing board. We were talking about it before we went Oh, the kids can deal with it. The yeah. kids can deal hey, with it. Hey, they already dealt with you fucking opening and closing doors. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wait the train goes by. Yeah. Oh, great, Hamilton. Uh, I um, Hamilton. I'm in Aldershot now. Thank oh, you, Burlington. What? Fucking. I escaped the horrors. That it's that it's, it's Hamilton. <laughs> metropolitan Hamilton. How's that? So, anyways, yeah. So, anyways, yes. You've uh, I made the dean's list both months, well. I, yeah. I, both semesters, and I'm I'm now in my third semester. I'm I'm doing an internship with Effin Birds. That's and, super uh, fun. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it's not just fun. It, I mean, it's it's great that the material that I'm pushing is stuff that I already love and it's fun. And yeah. It, it's right up your alley. Yeah, it, you can identify with it and care about it. Yeah, and, and it correlates. It correlates to stuff I'm doing, so I can see um, I can uh, closer parallels between you know what I'm doing for Aaron Reynolds and what I want to be able to do for myself and for others in the future. So I, I yes. I'm, I'm hoping it goes well. Uh, one of the things that I speaking have to of Aaron do, Reynolds, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he himself I believe is in New York City right he now. He is, uh, <laughs> he is. He let all of us F and Birds people know that he was traveling today. So he's going to be mostly incommunicado for the next uh, week. Uh, So I'm just going to get on with um, posting uh, posting surplus extra birds (laughs) cartoons uh, across social media. I I sat down Friday night. Was it Friday night? Yeah, yeah, Thursday or Friday night. I sat down and I I started rewatching Deadwood from the beginning, and just posting and posting and posting. Uh, got the entire month of October posted across a bunch of social media platforms, and then okay. uh, like midway. So I'm you know I'm I'm posting stuff to Twitter and I'm writing uh, alt text for the images, and uh, I'm watching the second episode of uh, of Deadwood, and I'm like. Hey, wait a minute. Did I know that that guy uh, in this episode was actually uh, Nick Offerman? Why am I? Why is Ron Swanson naked holding his dick on my screen right now? Uh, I didn't know he was in Deadwood. Yeah, he's in like the second episode, second or third episode of Deadwood. And he uh, like everybody else, he's just filthy and cursing up a storm and yelling awesome. about yelling about uh whores and pussy 
It's, that's that's from that's the language in the episode. Don't cancel me. Uh, uh, you know what I should do? I was uh, I was thinking I should read excerpts from effing birds while I'm at the tops of trees. <laughs> it would it would catch people's attention. Hold on, you know what I just realized? Sometimes I'm up there and birds will actually land right next to me. Oh, that's that I nice. was ready with like ready with the book. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just emptying out my messenger bag because I went uh, I went out today receipts and I, I I did some nerd shopping. Oh, here's a bottle of vodka I should have put in the freezer. Um, <laughs> birdka. Vodka. Birdka. Birdka. Uh, but let's see what I got here. Some of this will interest you. I got the uh, anticipation is immense. I picked up <laughs> I picked up the first trade paperback for Zeb's uh Amazing Spider-Man. And okay. and I've been reading it and it's oh it's it's good. That man awesome. can write and uh, John Romita Jr as you heard in the interview last week, John Romita Jr is his artist. And uh that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude, to get to the point where hey, you're going to work on a book with John Romita Jr. Oh shit. Well, there's a reward. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, what a vote. I, I think about it like, like a comics are like a farm system now, man. Yeah, but it's like you know what? Like, it's like it's like, uh, it's like getting a championship in pro wrestling. Okay, it's fake, but when they put a title on you, they're they're they're. It's a vote of confidence in your skills and ability. It's a vote of confidence Absolutely. in your drawing power. You know, it's your your yeah. your your ability to get people into the tent and say, "Oh, I want to buy that guy's book." So I think a lot of now, a lot of it nowadays is is trust. Oh, here comes a oh, it's a go train. It won't be too bad. Oh, I can hear that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a faint Tie Fighter type sound. It's when the the giant the via rails come oh, barreling by. Wait a minute. Speaking of things we yeah. can each hear, let's see if you can hear this. Here we go. I, I just opened a tasty. I heard something crack. I just opened a tasty adult beverage. Ooh, delicious! Um, so yeah, what I'm saying is, I'm noticing a lot of the talent nowadays, guys who are, uh, you know, they're plucking them right out of comics mm -hmm. very quickly after they've maybe had two successes. They give them a shot on a TV show or something, and then mm -hmm. they can move into movies very, very quickly. And it's uh, it's just kind of crazy the 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 rapid uh, amount of trust you can earn quickly if you kind of stay in your lanes with marvel these days yeah you know? well zeb came from tv uh like i mean he won an emmy a decade ago uh when he was just getting started on uh robot chicken and um uh and i, I think he moved into comics from there so Crazy. uh yeah Let's see. What else did I get here? Oh, uh, but yes, highly recommended. Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, World Without Love. It actually just came out today, October the 5th. So it, it'll definitely be in stores when uh, when you hear this. Sorry, this is Amazing Spider-Man? Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. Flagship where is, book, baby. Where, 
where is Spider-Man these days? Like, where where are we at? Where are we at in the world? What's the situation? Um, is he he married? has is Mary Jane around. Do people know where are we at with Spider-Man? Because uh, I haven't been reading it. Okay, at, at the beginning of this story, um, Peter has just reappeared after six months um, being gone. Like he disappears from everybody's life for six months. And I haven't I haven't been reading Spider-Man for a while, but like the book starts with him in the middle of the wreckage of what used to be York, Pennsylvania. So I'm not sure what happened, but it was cataclysmic. And he uh, and, and he's he's trying to piece things back together. And Aunt May doesn't want anything to do with him. Well, I shouldn't say that Aunt May has resolved herself to the fact that um, that he's a lying shit. So <laughs> stop making me sad. If you show up for dinner on Saturday, that's fine. Other, but don't tell me you're going to be here and not be here. Just if you're here. You're Didn't here. she die at some point? Ah, everybody dies, brother. <laughs> everybody but, uh, dies. It's like the, it's like the ghost of Tracy Smothers cutting promo. Everybody dies. Uh, like, why I, I don't even have me back. I don't. I, well, because because Peter needs a conscience. <laughs> Peter needs a conscience. Peter needs somebody to be uh, beholden to, right? And uh, so, is he married at this point? No, is, like, Mary, Mary Jane. Jane uh, I don't okay. know. I don't know what's going on, but Mary Jane is with a guy, and he's got two kids, and the kids are calling her mommy. Uh, oh shit! He keeps trying to call her, and she's like hiding, hiding in a room off of the kitchen of their their apartment, and and she's just whispering into the phone, "Don't call me anymore." Uh, so so he has nobody. His uh, the closest things he has to a friend right now are, I guess, Robbie Robertson's son, and uh, and Norman Osborne. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Osborne appears at his apartment and says, "I got a job for you. You can you you know you can trust me at this point. I'm." Uh, How's he still got an apartment after six months? Because uh, Robbie's son was paying his rent for the six months that he disappeared. They used to be roommates. See, so you know, there's good there's good writing in this story because you actually have an answer to my yep. questions. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and Robertson's kid, I can never remember Robertson's kid's first name, but, uh, he's, um, uh, the complication in this is that he's dating, um, uh, not hammerhead. Um, I'm not wearing my glasses. Hang on. I got to put my glasses back on. He's, um, Tombstone. He's dating Tombstone's daughter and wants Weird. to wants to marry her. It, it's great. No, one of the things I love, and and uh Zeb talked about this in her interview, is how he likes to dig through canon for for characters, right? So, you right. know, he loves Leapfrog. That's why Leapfrog's gonna be in uh tonight's episode of uh, of She-Hulk. But instead of Kingpin and instead of you know, like the the very very prominent uh, Spider-Man villains, we're getting Tombstone, and I love it. 
I love it because, yeah. uh, you know, and here's another wrestling uh, analogy. Eventually, you got to find somebody, you got to find somebody in the mid card and you got to elevate them to main event status or else you're going to run out of people that the fans oh, yeah, are going to pay to see. And if you can make Wells makes uh, Tombstone look cool very quickly in this book. You know, it's uh, it was all Guardians of the Galaxy, man. Like, or, like that changed things. When Guardians took off and Guardians did well, that opened the door to use any character possible. Well, like whether it's comics or movie or TV, it really did open the floodgates as to who you could write a story with. People just not that you, not that the ability wasn't there, but just people yeah. never really thought about it. But I, I, I think there's, I, it, I think that that is more applicable to the movies than it is to the comics because I think in the comics that ability has always been there. You're putting out. Yeah. But every time I talk to a writer or an artist, they talk about, Oh, I've always loved this character. And I, they were so obscure, but I always wanted to bring them into a story. So the second they got to write whatever title, they brought that character right in. And know? that's, that's a thing I love. That's, I mean, that is oh, it's great. The, great yeah. the greater flexibility of, uh, of comics over movies because with comics, not that there's no there's nothing at stake and there you know a business wise and there's no financial investment you're talking about to create to produce a, a comic book for marvel you're talking about a budget of probably like 20 grand even on the cheap side each month middle of the road to, i'm gonna say middle of the road it's 20 grand to produce uh right. an issue of the comic before it you know before it goes to print um right so, but you you have more room to play with, you know, stilt man or you know turn, uh, turn uh, Sam Wilson into Captain America, than you do when you're talking about millions and millions of dollars for a television or hundreds of millions of dollars for a movie production. So. You know, yeah. you can go out and you can you can go and make Sam Wilson into Captain America in the comics, and it's a few months, you know, a few months in. If you don't like it, you reverse it, right? Hopefully, you've told comics a good are a story. big lie. Like I think the biggest lie being perpetrated right now in pop culture, mm. and the most ridiculous thing that anybody talks about how is whenever something comes out and there's a big hoopla or discussion or debate about canon or how authentic and close to the original comic book it is, mm -hmm. like the that is such a minority of human beings that is getting blown up into such an epic proportion. Oh, sure. I don't understand because. Nobody reads comics and nobody read those comics. And if you're one of those people who read those comics that thoroughly back then and remember as much detail as you do that you're able to complain about this stuff, you're probably one person on the Internet whose one little thought or opinion just explodes and goes <laughs> so viral that the Internet talks about it like a general thing. Comic book fans aren't happy about this or that. No, fuck you. There are such a small amount of genuine comic book fans who are, I, I mean, in the way that, like, who read it all back then. Yeah. Like, I mean, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there are so few people that read 
all the Marvel titles and know all the details and know all the fucking background that, you know, but you it's, see, I, it's such a load of shit to me that I don't even know why we have these discussions. My, my, bigger, my bigger problem is oh. uh, my problem isn't. Uh, see, I don't care about genuine comic fans like that, that like the uh, the notion of who is a genuine comic fan. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't think that, that's like that's like saying somebody is normal. What's normal? Right. If I, you know, right. if, if 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 I read six comic books, if I read six thousand comic books, I've read comic books. My bigger problem with the um, with the climate around uh, com- television and movie adaptations of comic books, or a new comic book series is the complaint about uh, uh, about race and gender. Um, you know, yeah, I'm over that one. When when <laughs> people complain, like I mean, there are people complaining about uh, She Hulk, uh, and 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 it's very meta in the show itself. Are there though? Are there really people? There are. Hold on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> there are, but it's such a small number. And they have, uh, they have a. Megaphone. Why do they get paid so much attention? Yeah, that's what I. That's the part I don't get. Absolutely, they get paid so much attention. You, you want to like, know why? Like here, I, I, it's I like have to letting quote. them be the gatekeepers, right? Yeah. It's like people are respecting their gatekeeping. It's ridiculous. I have to quote. I have to quote the title of Eric Bischoff's book: "Controversy Creates Cash." And all it is 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 you have websites and news outlets hunting for clicks, hunting for viewers or readers. So they're going to take the extreme awful view and make an uh, make an article. So hey, uh, you know today in the news this thing you like. Well, there's a group of wackos way outside the fence who we shouldn't <laughs> give a fucking shit about, but they're squawking that they don't like it because Submariner is or the Little Mermaid is black. Oh no, we're upset about the race of a fictional character uh, based on a myth, anyways. It's like if if, oh, if I did a movie about the Loch Ness monster, would you complain that he's purple, not green? It's <laughs> it is it's it's the same thing that goes with just your regular evening news when uh they're fucking when they were showing the beginnings of the trucker convoy here in Canada. If you if you'd stop feeding them oxygen, their fire wouldn't burn. And I got I got so pissed off at outlets like BlogTO who were posting nine articles about the 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 the, the trucker convoy every fucking day earlier in the year when they were coming through Toronto where if they'd have just ignored the assholes maybe we could have gotten on it stop feeding them stop if yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> what's the name of the what are the creatures in uh doctor who that only move if you look uh when you're not looking at them the, mm. huh 
uh, you know the, the statues, the, the sisters of some. I, I can't remember, but it's it's the yeah, exact oh, it's the exact where the opposite. Fuck am I blinking? Yeah, I know. It's and the episode it's was called not the silence. Is it the silence? I think so. I, no. I, I, but the episode was called Blink. It's the exact opposite. As long as we're looking at a, at, at at a trucker convoy or a fucking uh, uh, Zack Snyder stands, as long. <laughs> Right. Or a bunch of people complaining that Velma and Scooby Doo is gay. Who fucking oh, who fucking cares about their opinion and fuck them sideways? Like, yeah, I don't I, understand why there's such a spotlight on it when when because like Marvel's already like become like the master thing is how even from Iron Man they were able to adapt the comics. Mm-hmm. Like they're not trying to re. They've never been trying to recreate. They have to create their own new yeah. world, their own new like thoroughthrough of how these, you know, similar stories are told and inspired from. And, you know, I don't you know, I was actually very excited to see how many people are excited to see Keanu Reeves return for Constantine. Yeah. And I only say Constantine now because that's the way they said it in that movie mm-hmm. but uh you know and things like that it's it's exciting to see that people actually can put their stupid shit aside and be excited because that was a great movie yeah it deterred very far from the source material but that was a badass movie i'm sorry like everybody loves that movie yeah but know? i'll tell you what if they decided to reboot that thing and they cast john boyega as constantine the world of nerds would lose its shit I think it's uh, it's all about how cool you do it, man. Like, I was really interested to see how Jenna Coleman pulled off Joanna Constantine. Mm-hmm. In, uh, and she did great. She probably nailed the attitude better than anyone who's portrayed it. Like, like she really, really, it was far, it even exceeded my expectations as far as the portrayal of Wait, that character. Are you talking about Sandman? Yeah, in Sandman. I haven't watched Sandman. I, Okay, well, she Jenna Coleman plays a gender bent Joanna Constantine, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and she, yeah, she really, dude, she nails it. Like okay. she fucking like like the attitude out of the comics is absolutely like she just Ooh, I'm completely so, nailed it. I'm so angry that Jenna Coleman played a female Constantine. It ruined my no, childhood was, or something. I don't know. She was badass. She was badass, man. And, uh, yeah, so, listen, there's something I've been wanting to talk about forever. Okay. So, I'm, can we, re- let's rewind the world a little bit, Uh-oh. if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, just because my last bunch of episodes have it's been interview sh- episodes. It's your show, too. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 this is going back a little bit, but I have still not had the chance to talk about Miss Marvel with anybody. Okay. And Miss Marvel impacted me enough that I've wanted to talk about a particular aspect of it. And what was super cool about Miss Marvel, other than being an amazing show, mm-hmm. that girl is a superstar. Yeah. Like she was just mesmerizing on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was everybody's discovery of uh, the partition. You know, the partition and just, you know, a general look into the culture, Pakistani culture and Indian culture yeah. and all that stuff. That that was super cool. Yeah, And I loved seeing all that. But this was the first time a show had hit me personally in a long time in the way that it did. 
what is that? That's loud and annoying. You're yelling at me about opening doors. Oh, you know what that is? popping over there. You know what that yeah. is? Uh, one of the things I bought today was a bunch of Lego minifigures. Of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> that's why uh, – That's why I <laughs> – before we talk about Ms. Marvel, I'll just get this out of the way. Uh, th- today was the last day of my annual uh, heart monitor gimmick. So I have to wear I, – I wear a heart monitor for a couple of days. And it's always fun because they shave patches on my chest for the for the. Oh fuck! I fucking hate it. The first time every year, I I didn't do it today. I didn't do it today because he was on his way to to a doctor's appointment himself. But usually during my heart monitor forty eight hours, I call my dad and I say, "Hey, thanks for the heart condition, buddy." Uh, <laughs> so they shave me and i gotta nice. and you gotta I, I have to wear it for 48 straight hours so it's 48 hours that i can't take a fucking shower i i it's 48 hours that i'm i'm hooked up to this goddamn thing i can't i don't sleep quite you as gotta look at it you gotta look at it like it's 48 hours that you get to not have a shower no, that's not how I live. That's not. Eventually, it's just like, ugh. Uh, <laughs> All right. And so then, but I, I, I show, went. I went. Hold on. I went and I handed that yeah. thing back in this afternoon. And then I was out of the apartment already. So I said, you know what? Lego minifigures. And there's that stretch of Queen Street East where there's Mastermind Toys. And there's Planet X comics, and <laughs> there's a there's a Book City, and there's a Madoko oh, art shit. supply, and there's so I uh, I went and and did some walking and shopping, and uh, and this is what I, I got some. There's a sports card shop, so I bought some I bought some hockey cards. <laughs> oh, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it felt good today. Re- retail. Retail, Retail therapy, therapy buddy. Anyways, let's talk about Ms. Marvel. Yes, please. So, oh, oh this tea is wonderful. I made wonderful tea. Miss um, Marvel. So, if you'll recall, yes, I will. In my past, I was once married. You were. I was married, and I was married to a. Canadian girl of Iranian Pakistani descent. Mm-hmm. And she was a Zoroastrian, which is like the first fucking monolithic religion on earth. It's fucking ancient as shit. Mm-hmm. And what she was is uh, when Persia was Persia, and mm-hmm. this goes, this, this will show you a little bit more about before the partition and shit, kids. But when you go back to old school Persia, like old school Babylon, when uh, Alexander the Great conquered Persia, uh, there was a certain sect of the Zoroastrians that went to Pakistan. Yeah. And they set up shop there, whereas other Zoroastrians kind of... I'm okay. I'm a little off on this, whether they stayed in Iran or went to India and went back to Iran. I can't remember exactly. So anyways, but they split up, right? So she's part of the group that split up and went to Pakistan and they are Parsis, I believe is kind of what they speak. There's Farsi and Parsi and they speak uh, Urdu and stuff. So anyways, so they're 
Pakistani, but they're originally of Iranian descent. Okay. Okay. So it's an it's an interesting mix. They're very, very, very old school. Mm-hmm. But the culture itself presently, like the today culture, even though they're Pakistani, they are not Muslim like represented in the show. Mm-hmm. But take the religion specifically out of it, it's still all Pakistani culture on the show, right? Yeah. Um yeah, not just the Muslim aspect of it, but the uh, you know the just the general dress and attire. Because as we know, there's Muslims all over the world, right? And mm. they don't all you know act the same. Obviously. No, it's not a monolith. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So not necessarily is the Muslim part of the culture that I identify with, but the Pakistani part of the culture was so fucking dead on. Mm-hmm that it took me right back, um, you know, uh, to when I was part of this family, this, yeah. this, you know, this, uh, <laughs> are you, this are Austrian you, family. Are you Bruno? And a <laughs> little bit, a little bit, um, you know, except I was married in, right? So yeah. it was a little more than what Bruno was. I was what Bruno wanted to be basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and all of the, the aunties, the fucking, the dad jokes, the food, the music, the culture was so, even just I can say from my experience of eight years of being a very close part of that family mm-hmm. was that it was, it was fucking spot on and it warmed my heart and took me back to a time because obviously, you know, I'm not in contact with my ex-wife. It didn't end particularly well. Mm. And, uh, you know, so there's a, there's, there's not exactly great memories. I don't sit here fondly thinking of my wife very often, but this show enabled me to go back to a time that was pleasant and wasn't just me focusing on my relationship with her, but just my life in general at that time. Yeah. And you know what I was, you know, what my life was and it was a lot of that. So what Miss Marvel actually also gave me, other than being an incredibly entertaining show that I love, was it gave me these very fond, fuzzy, warm memories of a time in my life where I was part of this very incredible family. Like, they're, they're like you see. Like, there's no joke. The, on the show, you know, they make them seem so tight and close and everything. It's, it's not really amped up for the show. Like, these are the kind of people that, you know like nursing homes, retirement homes are unheard of. Mm-hmm. Every single family pretty much has an elder living upstairs somewhere in their own room or something. Like it's just not even considered that you chip off a family member. Like it's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. And it was something cool to be part of. And uh, yeah, it's just, I've been dying to just mention that to the world, I guess that that, that was something I got out of it because it's been really cool to hear everybody learn everything and, uh, you know, a lot of these things I was already familiar with, having heard so many stories from the family, because mm. like the show says, every family has their partition story. You know, all of these families. Yeah. Uh, this one in particular had a partition going all the way back to Alexander the Great when they were forced out of Persia, like an amazing history. But, uh, you know, it was a wonderful family, and I'll always treasure that part of that time of my life. And Miss Marvel totally brought me back there. So it's just really cool. It's cool that in the day of cultures and, you know, so much talk about where people belong and appropriation, 
this show gave some white dude in fucking Burlington, like <laughs> his own fuzzy feelings, you know, in a way. And you never know who you're going to affect with something too. You know what I mean? I guess yeah. that's part of the point I'm trying to make. So i loved the show for that. And it was very unexpected for me. I didn't expect that. And no, uh, I, you know, I think right, in, right into the first episode, they just dove into certain things where they were just using nicknames and yeah. jokes and things that I that I was like, oh wow, this is crazy, right? No, I think it's it cool. Really cool. I think it's cool that you uh, you have that previous experience, so that this is a bit of nostalgia for you. Like you know, uh, and and I I love the way that it jumped right into. Uh, the culture the same way you would get if you were watching uh, Kim's convenience for the first time and uh, you know they weren't sugarcoating uh, you know Korean familial culture uh, you know shows like that right. that that, um, that they uh, I, I don't want to say assume but they um, they attribute, a certain amount of uh, intelligence to their viewers uh, and ability to either follow along or catch up or, you know, just get it and, you know, learn on the fly. So, uh, no, I thought it was a fantastic show. uh, I think it's, uh, I think, I think it's an amazing thing that this show was able to take what is overwhelmingly, uh, negative part of my life to kind of think about <laughs> uh, and, and it reinforced any positivity in that. Yeah. It absolutely helped change my perspective and remember that it wasn't all bad times. That whole eight, because it ended so badly doesn't necessarily mean that that entire eight years was a complete waste. Yeah. That's kind of how, you know, obviously that's how you, you tend to think about things and feel. And it's, it's, it's amazing that this little show, I didn't expect to, even really like I was like oh it's another fucking homecoming it's just gonna be pippity poppity you know fun time kid stuff and it ended up being <laughs> so much fucking stuff. more than that yeah. that it's just amazing that it was able to turn a negative thing into even my history and reinforce some positivity and now I can look back on that and actually smile and have some yeah. nice thoughts about it and yeah. and it's totally the show enabled me to do that so it Let's, just it, uh... Let me, let me, because we got a, we got about 10 minutes left. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to keep these. Why are we on a time limit all of a sudden? Trying to keep these light and airy these days. Oh my goodness. That's not what we do. That's never what we've done. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to do. My Zeb Wells episode. All right. 33 minutes, dude. Well, yeah, that's a panel though. You know, you're kind of time restricted in that way. I don't want right. to do too It's all good. Much. I got that's the main thing I wanted to talk about. No, I appreciate yeah. that. And, but uh, let me let's 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 talk about yeah. some other let's talk about some other shows real quick. Have you uh seen the second trailer for Black Panther? Black Panther 2. I have. What I do have. you I'm think excited. now that we've basically had it confirmed that Shuri is going to be the new Black Panther? I mean, I don't care. I mean, that's great. I mean, I never cared though. Like I was just <laughs> like I just hope it's a good movie. Like, I'm not invested in Black Panther. Like, obviously, you know, others are and should be. And, yeah. like, you know, it's deservedly so. But, uh, you know, I'm just excited to see a, another 
I'm excited for it to be another badass Marvel movie because mm. it feels like it's been a while since we had something that was just badass Marvel. Yeah, we've, we've, had, to, we've like, talked like, before. Love and Thunder was fun and this and that. And this is going to be a bit of a return to just a straight up badass, serious fucking Marvel movie, which is something I'm very much so looking forward to. But yeah, if Shuri's great, Black Panther, great. Awesome. Like, yeah, we, no we've, we've talked before about uh, about what, what four, uh, phase four being kind of underwhelming. And how yeah. it, 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 you know, you, you have to rebuild, but uh, you have to, at the same time, find a way to keep up the excitement level that you've, you know, you managed to build through phases one, two, and three. For me, I like what's going on. Uh, you know, they are, they are sticking to the edict that uh, T'Challa will not be recast. Uh, but... For me personally, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that uh, that Shuri is becoming the Black Panther, just because of. Didn't you assume that from the beginning? Yeah, though? I did because of the comic books. I think we all but, did. It would either but, be her or nobody. Uh, no, 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 no. See, now my disappointment doesn't have anything to do with the character. It has to do with the actress playing the character. I have issues with Letitia Wright because of uh because of yeah, things that she had to say shit. during the pandemic yeah. when standing yeah. right next to her you have Lapita Nyong'o and Lapita Nyong'o even even in terms of her character Nakia I think her character uh would make a better Black Panther based on the way the character was presented in uh, in the first movie, I I I would have liked the idea of uh, of Nakia becoming the Black Panther, but that makes sense. But you know what I think might help you with that is that if Shuri is the Black Panther, yeah, they ain't just gonna slap a, sh a suit on it. She's gonna have to go through some sort of lesson learning ordeal or oh, sure. that will you know at least make the character and maybe the actress. You know, and I, I have a feeling like Marvel got on top of her real quick. It feels like yeah. It feels like they, they were like, You from now on need to shut your young mouth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But I mean you know. I mean when you it, 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 <laughs> when you have when part of part of the process in making this decision has to be uh who you think is going to be able to uh open a movie. Okay, that whole thing of who will draw people into the theater on that on that that crucial opening weekend, and you've got Lupita Nyong'o, this Academy Award winning, uh, uh, high level, A level actress. Uh, why not? Why not move her character into that role and right up front in the advertising? She's in this one, right? Huh. Is she in this one? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's true. So it's kind of disappointing. They have dumped like they've dumped like a hundred percent of the weight and advertising at least of this movie all on Angela Bassett's fucking shoulders, man. And again, like and again, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. This will be her movie. You yeah. can't go wrong making uh Angela Bassett uh, a bigger focal point in your movie 
because I mean, here that there's an Oscar nominated actress who is, and, and, I and I'll tell you, you something, I... motherfucker, the fact that Angela Bassett, and we're going back 28 years, the fact that Angela Bassett did not win Best Actress for uh, playing Tina Turner in, in What's Love Got to Do With It is still scandalous to me. Okay. <laughs> who, beat, who beat her that who beat her that year though? Um oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna go look at it right now. And it was Holly See, that's an important Holly thing. Hunter in the piano. Come on. Okay. Come on. Right. Okay, well listen though, I think I'm calling it right now. I yeah. bet you she gets another shot, at least that's supporting with this movie. I hope so. I will bet you that I bet you that she gets nominated because of this movie. I just, I have a feeling. Oh There's man, so that much clip of, this of her. Movie. It's that, so obvious that she's carrying this movie yeah. and she's taking that, that very, very seriously. That clip yeah. of her in front of the UN assembly where she's, uh, she's ranting about what she's lost. Fuck. Yeah. If yeah, it, totally. in any other movie, you throw a fucking nomination envelope at her right away. Uh, it, it's it's whether or not whether or not uh, you get penalized for being in a bubblegum superhero movie is is the question. So uh, okay, I think Black Panther has enough fucking stoke about it. Yeah, there's two yeah. more things I want to get to. What uh, you got? Have you uh, have you been watching Andor? That's one of them. Okay. This show, <laughs> I, like I mean, asking me. you if you've been watching Andor is like asking me if I like Lego. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And I'm confused. I'm confused that Why I'm are you conflicted. Confused? Because there's no space wizards in this one. I know you. I know no, you get. I know no, you get salty when there's well, no space help. wizards. That doesn't help. But uh, it's okay. I I love the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I I love all of that. I love the, the, it's it's beautifully crafted from the sound to the sets to the costumes to everything. It's, Darn too. It's, it's 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 a little unique. I'm waiting there's, for the butt. It's very it it feels Star Wars. Um, but, but. you know, it's but it's just <laughs> not hooking me. I'm just not caring enough. It I just feels like it's like I don't mind a good like political thriller i don't mm. mind a good you know like suspense who done it like at all i love that kind of shit too yeah. this just feels like it's going too slow for the little amount that it is inching forward like if you want to just have a lot of talky talky and you know conspiracy shit or whatever i'm totally down with that but there's got to be a little more of that you know what yeah. i mean it's a lot of people talking about their own pasts it's not it's spending a lot of time concentrating on the characters, which isn't necessarily as necessary when you're when the the point of the show is more about the plot than the characters this but time around. The point of this show like, the point of this show is to show you how the rebellion began. The how the organized exact, rebellion yeah. began. So you're not gonna be able to do that without exploring the characters, especially new characters, and their motivations, their backstories and motivations. Those first three episodes. Now, I had a friend of mine tell me he was he didn't enjoy. What the hell is that noise? Is that a train going by? Go train. Oh, jeez, man. 
That is some loud shit. Um, I had a friend tell me that he didn't enjoy those first three episodes because what the fuck is Andor uh, of Cassie and Andor's part in this? He's not. He doesn't do anything. And I'm like, oh man, those first three episodes are like a little, uh, a little origin movie for for Cassie and Andor, and I really enjoyed them. I don't. Th- th- this is the difference between the slow burn of a television show and the the you know the the hit and run the tell a tale get in there I don't think so in this case though I'd have to disagree I think slow burns are fine but it is possible to go too slowly and I think this one is a tad too slowly I think those two I think that's the thing. I don't have a problem with the story. I like the plot. Wait, so we had, like we had we've had five episodes now. Where do you want them to be in it's, the plot? They should be at episode three right now with the exact same story that's happened. Okay, they could have just then literally think about it condensed this way. what they've done then, in the three episodes. Hold on, then. let's let's think about it this way yeah. then. This is episode three because they gave us three episodes together on the first night. They that's one story that might well, as well the first have been episode was way too slow then uh, <laughs> that's what you're telling me i'm okay. sorry right. it's just like i just a little bit too like i'm not saying it's killing it like i, I am liking it i'm just kind of like okay like i you know we kind of get that okay that's okay. been established and and it's just a little i think a little bit more I, i'm not even on, in the camp of i want more action i'm not yearning for action i'm yeah. just there's a lot you of just, there's a lot of this you just I'm want to get to the point. Stuff. You want get to the point, No, not even. Yeah, can't we just a little bit faster? That's all. You know, <laughs> there's just, just a little bit faster. There's a lot of inserts in this show. Okay, so this the show has a lot of yeah, inserts man, that I think are just necessarily all necessary. Like what? Tell me one insert that you didn't like. Oh, I can't think of. That's you didn't. Well, you didn't. Right you didn't now, like. The, you like, didn't like. You didn't like little alien kid. I guess. Cassian. No, I liked it all. I just saying there was a few too. Ho- like I didn't need to see him walk down quite as so many alleyways. Like in the first three episodes, he walks down like eight alleyways, and it's like <laughs> he didn't. Necess- we didn't. You know, we didn't necessarily like. He probably could have got to the same establishment in like three alleyways. Okay. Can four. I ask? Like, can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? <laughs> Yeah. Did you like the Lord? Yeah. Of, did you like the Lord of the Rings movies? Um, I liked them, like not like Star Wars level like, but I enjoyed them. Yes. Okay. I, 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 if you I, like I more the, got on to the second. The first was my least favorite. If you like the Lord of the Rings movies, don't fucking complain about Cassian Andor walking down alleys because they made ten hours worth of movie that was a bunch of fucking hobbits going for a walk. <laughs> hey man, I think all I think that whole trilogy could have been I think that whole trilogy could have been one three hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, one of the things I'm dying to see, like I don't mind epics either if they're done right, but just mm-hmm. like people just often make shit because they want to stuff in as much of the shit they made as as they did. It 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 often doesn't make the sense, but when it does make the sense, mm-hmm. it can be beautifully fucking like absolutely epic, you know? So mm-hmm. I, you know, well, I don't, I don't have, I don't know. That's, I am liking it. Like, that's the thing. I'm not disliking it at yeah. all. I'm just like, it's just a bit of a, 
like the first couple episodes, I just, I found myself nodding off at a point or two, not because it was super boring, just because it was like, nothing was being said for like 10 minutes. Yeah. The, my, like, my only you know. problem with Andor so far is that we're following, um, we're following both the, uh, the gung ho female Imperial officer and, uh, jackass that just lost his job. Um, I don't get why we're following that guy. See, there's yeah. no point to be following that guy. Yeah, right? that, uh, Cyril Karn is the name of the character played by Kyle Soler, and the uh, the female officer. Uh, let's see if I can find her here on IMDb. Uh, no, I can't. I can't find her for sure on IMDb here. Um, but the the we're also following that female officer, the imperial officer. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we need to be following them both. Is something because uh, listen, what they're obviously right? building. Like, do we need to watch that guy eat cereal for an hour? Like, <laughs> you know, he literally sat at the table. I, I he didn't like take a that. single bite, by the way. Hold on, he yeah, because he picks he picks up one grain of the cereal, one fuzz, you know, little puffball of the cereal, and he just stares at it because that's his, and it's. It what is it was like brown and blue. It looked like a planet, you know. And it's in I blue. Milk. It. it looks good, man. But 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 I love. See, I did. I like that story, in that it's this guy and he, you know, he was upwardly mobile and he he had a stick up his ass about the rules and he thought he knew better, and he fucked it up for everybody. Because he thought he knew better. And now the Imperials come in and they say, well, your private security can fuck off across the galaxy. We're going to have to we're going to have to do this ourselves. Fuck yeah. that up for th ten. You, you got to imagine thousands and thousands of his fellow uh, uh, security guards. Yeah. I loved it. where it was going. And then he goes and home. Then... He goes home to Coruscant and he's living basically you know it's almost at street level in Coruscant and we know that the further away you are from uh the the closer to the ground you are in Coruscant the poorer you yeah. are and his mother is uh, you know this ha nag I shouldn't say hag she's more she's a nag she's this uh who's you know uh, is thinking above her station and she's like riding him about how he fucked things up. So you, you can see you're seeing where he came from, why he was motivated to, uh, to get out and, and, and move up and why he thinks he's smarter than, you know, than, uh, than his superiors, you know, why he doesn't want to bend. And now he's been laid low again you know, the rug, he swept the rug out from under himself. And now he's right back where he started in the same little gray bedroom with the same action figures on the shelf from when he was a kid. And the only bit of the sun of Coruscant sunlight that he sees is reflected off gigantic buildings in the distance. He's fucked. And what's he going to do now? And I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. Are you still there? Um, oh, there you are. 
Yeah, I am. I was letting you rant for a sec because there's one. I muted my phone because it's one of the longest trains that has ever gone by going by. But I, but and at the same time, I don't know why we're following Cyril Karn's story and that female imperial officer story. If anything, let's follow. They should have shot Cyril Karn in the head, and then let's follow the imperial officer story. Yeah, like it, like that whole episode was his mom making a phone call on his behalf. Yeah, and I just it's just it's it's it was like these are good stories. I really liked where that was going, mm-hmm. and then it's just everything on that. Like maybe that last episode, like they're putting too much into each episode without it, it's convoluting the story a bit. I think that's my problem. Like maybe each episode should be focused more on a, you know, a specific part of what's going on. Like that officer, maybe should get his own full episode mm-hmm. and like other shows have kind of done where you're right. They're putting all these little, they put like 10 minutes of each character into these episodes that get them nowhere. And then we're kind of like, well, that didn't get us anywhere. And it didn't leave enough time for us to finally get to the heist. Like we've spent two whole episodes planning the heist. When are we going to get to the heist? Um, and it just next week i don't know they it just you know and i don't see where how they're gonna do anything with this imperial officer guy like you know i i thought he was gonna get pissed off enough and then somehow do something smart and sneaky and get revenge like would have been pretty typical i guess yeah but like how is how is this guy gonna affect the story at this point or is he gonna turn and help these rebels because he's pissed off that the you know, know. It's, see, we don't know when we've spent too much time with this guy to not yet know whether he's going to either go with the Imperials and want to prove himself or whether he's going to get okay. pissed and go against them. Okay, that I will I will absolutely give you. We've spent too much time with him to at this point. By the end of this episode, you know, he's sta- he's sitting in his bedroom staring at a hologram of fucking Cassian. We should have known yeah. by the end of this episode what he's going to do about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. what I mean by it's not snapping along quite quickly enough, but it is good. I like where it's going. Yeah. Like, Give I me love the, uh... the music. I love the sound is amazing. Like, yeah. That TIE fighter sweeping through is fucking cool, man. What's the uh, What's the other topic you wanted to talk about? Uh, we can't not touch on the Wolverine. Uh, and, you're uh, very right. You're very right. So, yeah. so they yeah. it, we, and, we get the announcement uh, of uh, Deadpool three and a date for it, but uh, I, I yes I like that Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds uh, live together in in this world. Um, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah. But, and and who else could talk Hugh Jackman into coming back for at least one more portrayal? Of uh, oh, fucking Marvel's fucking payroll deposit department. Well, that's that's, that's the, the exact that's the exact right answer. But you know, look, I was trying yeah. to I was trying to pat him on the back and <laughs> give him some level. That's that's uh, Daniel Craig saying uh, no more James Bond. Here's a truckload of money. One more James Bond. <laughs> right. So it seems pretty obvious, and the general consensus is that this will be how Deadpool gets into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the adventure will just involve Wolverine. Yeah. Um, whether it means that the whole movie kind of takes place on that or it just happens at the end, I don't know. That's going to be obviously all the big questions that everyone will be asking. And how far into the future could 
this lead and it's going to be weird because we are eventually going to get an MCU Wolverine. That's not Hugh Jackman. That's yeah. going to happen. And this all just makes me think more and more of how fucking insane secret wars is probably going to be Yeah, like, and they're going to look to top end game. Don't forget that. An infinity war. Like, Oh my good. Like what if he pops up again? Like th- what if this isn't the last time? Like there's that. Oh my, there's just too much to like consider about it, but it is going to be definitely fun. And I'm still curious about how Deadpool is going to even fit into the, the MCU. But the MCU is now this ever expanding thing where it is so big. It's got its own subgenres. Now it's got mm-hmm. comedy shows. Now it's got adventure shows. Now it's, it's got getting some crime horror shows. It's getting some horror. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's doing that whole fucking thing where it's gotten so big now, and that's exactly what they're doing with Star Wars, right? Like Andor is this adult show, yeah, not meant for the fucking kids, and mm-hmm. yet we're also going to get like Tales of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. very excited about it. But uh, you're okay with him coming back for one more romp? Yeah, I am. I am. I don't. I I don't yeah. need him to stop doing it, and I fear. Uh, I fear w- what we might get as a uh, as a as a recasting once that time comes. Because uh, let me tell you something, man. I am uh, I'm deeply upset. I'm deeply fearful that uh, John Krasinski won't end up being Reed Richards. Hey, kids, here's the thing you wanted. Uh, just once for a few minutes, and then we're gonna do something else. If they recast Reed Richards without John Krasinski, I'm gonna be deeply fucking disappointed. Uh, I get the love of it, but I couldn't care less. Like I think that oh, character geez. can be nailed in lots of ways. So like I don't get the the bo- what's so, the boner so, for him playing that guy? So fucking lackadaisical about everything. I today. just don't get it. I don't get why what the boner because is for that guy playing that character. Because he's nice, and I like him. People like yeah, him. Yeah, but Reed Richards wasn't nice. Reed Richards was smart and cold. Yeah, he wasn't but nice. I think Krasinski. Like, I think Krasinski can play a dick. One of the things that well, I, I like a Reed Richards who is he's not mean. He's neglectful because he is so focused on science shit. It's like, you know, uh, he solves interdimensional travel um, on Sue's birthday. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I forgot. I was too busy uh, trying to seal this hole. I ripped into the negative zone. You know, <laughs> I, right. I want, I yeah, want, yeah. I want super intellectual, neglectful Reed Richards, so that at the end, yeah, of the, sure. At the end of the day, he... like Peter, like Peter Griffin or Homer Simpson, he has to go to Sue and apologize, and she accepts the apologies up to a point where eventually she says, "You know what? You're, I'm tired of accepting your apologies. Yeah. I'm going on a yeah. third date with Namor." <laughs> hey, if he can pull that off, okay, that's all good. Again, I'm not so invested in how he actually was. And, mm. Like, I don't even care enough about that fucking character or the Fantastic Four Jesus. to really give that much of an opinion on it. You hey, know, like an, there's very few characters. You're an angry. There's very man. few characters. No, I don't mean angry. I mean, there's just very few characters left. I think that I care enough about that deeply that yeah. i'm really inv- invested in who plays them wolverine just, is one 
Wolverine like it's and, very important Wolverine and like, Squirrel Girl, and then you're done. Hey, man, I'm telling you, like, still, like, like there's <laughs> uh, Professor X, man. That's another one. I don't want such an old, kindly Professor X. I'd like to see, like, the comics, like a more strict headmastery, mm-hmm. fucking badass, you know, younger fucking... I, Mark Strong, to me, would have been the perfect Professor X, man. What? That would... Yeah, can you see that? Mark Strong as Professor X? No come on, thanks. picture it in your head. No. Yeah, come on, man. No. He would have been great. No. He would have been so good. Not, not my cup of tea, sir. Yeah, I think he would have played an excellent, more age-appropriate, more attitude-appropriate. No. But hey, whatever. If everybody loves their timely old fucking Captain Picard, let them go ahead. You don't like Patrick Stewart? Game. I don't mind him, but you know anything less than pure enthusiasm for Patrick Stewart is disappointing. <laughs> disappointing. Uh, maybe I'm just so used. It's just also we got to look at the fact that I was also thinking about this because of that whole race discussion. Because I finally did watch the first two episodes of uh, it was just the first episode of Rings of Power. Uh. And uh, maybe I'm halfway through the second. And, you know, you know what bothers me far, far more than having black elves and black dwarves? Yeah. Is having elves with short hair. Like, that's far (laughs) more bothersome. It really fucking is, man. It it takes me right out of it. Why are they all wearing white like that? It looks cheap. Uh, I wouldn't know you couldn't get me to watch yeah. that on a bet. I had no and here's interest. Also, I, you know what I was thinking about would be an interesting discussion, though? And I, I'm not, like, stating an opinion on this discussion. Mm. I'm just saying the discussion itself would be interesting. Mm. Is, is that change, uh, you know, just having a discussion around the change, but like a good discussion in the change of, uh, you know, bringing in new races into things that were inspired by places and histories that, you know, may have been a little different. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Again, no opinion. I don't think it's a bad or a good thing. I'm not saying that. I think rather than everybody freak out and being like, oh, there's black elves and this and that, I'm more interested in an interesting conversation on, well, how do we find a cool way to, you know, like, you know, integrate uh, these new ideas with stories that were based on old, you know, Celtic folklore and like Welsh, you know, mythology and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, I think uh, they've, hold on, it's an interesting discussion. But here's the thing. I think they've done it. They, you know, they've, 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 they've cast certain roles with people of different races and there it is. And what do we have to discuss it for? What's the fucking, why is there, why is a discussion necessary? Why does it bother people? Like why? why I mean, is it, just, like, okay. Why does it, it bothers people. people. It bothers people because way in the back of their head, there's a little voice saying, oh, those other people are taking something away from you. That's what it is. 
That no, 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 no. I, that's that's what it I, is. No, I, I'm not, I'm saying not, that's not, I'm what not it asking is, you. I'm, I'm saying, telling you. <laughs> I get that. I'm saying what's interesting is that people get stuck on things being the way they are for reasons that don't really matter anymore. And it's interesting as to I, I don't know. Maybe it's more a discussion about why people are so hesitant to change. Well, th- then, then you need to look up. Uh, you need to look up replacement theory. You need to read a little about yeah. replacement theory. It's not like it's not like Tolkien intentionally kept. You know, didn't he? Black. Well, I well I don't know is like true intentions, but I mean it. It feels like more. It was store. It was a story that was inspired by a time and place that just didn't have those people. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to add them. I'm wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't have those people. Do you think told? No, it's not a matter well, of didn't, it's not a matter of didn't have those people. It's a matter of didn't value those people as, as uh, protagonists in his little fucking story. So, well, no, it's, I mean, there's a whole Wikipedia page. There's a whole Wikipedia page on Tolkien and race, you know? I know that. And And I know like the other reasons why we know that he had the ideas that he had. But in general, like, because a lot of these, it's not just him. Like, most fantasy over the years, all these fantasy stories are very whitewashed, but they're always of this English heritage. You know what I mean? And, why people get so precious about something that was thousands of years ago is weird. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though sure back then it was, you know, the way it was, why, why care about it being so stuck to what it actually was when, especially when it's fantasy, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like I'm excited to see the interview with the vampire because they've gender, they've race swapped in that, show but it feels um i don't know it feels like better it feels more appropriate in this case for some reason okay it feels more uh like you know it feels like it it, it's more it makes the movie look more whitewashed you know uh, on purpose Mm -hmm. like that they you know people were it, it makes the original movie for interview with the vampire look like it excluded diversity maybe not intentionally but it definitely was absolutely right but part of that is part of that is again back to the idea of who can open a movie who can open a movie do we look at do we look at the lord of the rings the same way though do we look at the lord of the rings like it intentionally excluded diversity or do you think he even thought about it do you think it occurred to him I should, you know, maybe throw some more black people in here. No, I don't. I don't think Jackson thought about. I I don't think it would ever have occurred to a person like J.R.R. Tolkien that he should include some black. I'm talking about Pete. All right, but why didn't Peter Jackson? Uh, because I don't think, I don't think that maybe it's not. Well, I listen. Let me. <laughs> I, I want to be. I, I just want to make sure of how I'm phrasing this. I don't think this. it occurred. I'm not. Occur- I just yeah, no. I don't think it. I don't think it occurred to him. I don't think it occurred to him. I don't think it occurred to him. And I think that that is that's not necessarily a failing on his part. That's just a matter of fact that it didn't occur to him. He had the book, and he wanted to make a version of the book. And if characters are described a certain way in the book. 
he probably stuck to that as as Bible, right? And and created it. Whereas uh, somebody now, twenty years later, in, in a more uh, in a more thoughtful society, is thinking about uh, is thinking about who's in the audience as well, and saying, "I want." what's on the screen to represent more of who's in the audience. Okay. Yeah. That's why I, I bet you see with interview of the vampire, I'll bet you it also wasn't intentional. Uh, but it seems more obvious now because when I've seen what, just like the trailers of the show and stuff, mm -hmm. we're talking like what? 17, 1800s, Louisiana, maybe uh -huh. what, 14, 1500s, where there absolutely were fucking black people walking around. Yeah. And, you know, there were absolutely fucking shades of color going on in Louisiana fucking back then. Yeah. And there absolutely should have been more. It would have been more historically probably appropriate to include that. Yeah. And that's why I think when I, when I saw the show and I was like, oh, Louis Black, that absolutely that yeah. makes fucking I'd, sense i'd rather you know? i'd rather be yeah. dealing with a production that airs on the side of inclusion than somebody sure. who rigidly sticks to some imaginary canon right. oh no so a black stormtrooper well what will we do that was the that was kind of that was really weird. I didn't expect that at all when it happened. Yeah. I was like, "What do you mean? There's what Lando? Lots of black people in Star Wars already, and we're what? Well, I don't What's know about black I don't know about I don't know about lots well, of black lots, people. But, but you know fucking... what I mean? It's not like they've avoided black people as far as fucking you know not having any. It's not like a stormtrooper. I'm saying like it's not like a stormtrooper has ever taken his helmet off. They could be fucking two thirds black for all we fucking know. Yeah, like. That's it was just such a fucking dumb thing. This it's a stormtrooper. Well, the entire alien the entire fucking helmet. The entire clone army was Maori, <laughs> right? You know, absolutely. And you know what's cool though? Now we've had the discussion that I just said it would be cool to have. Yeah, there you go. That's how you. That's how you manifest this shit, kids. You um, and I think that was. I think that was it. The Wolverine and Rings of Power was cool though. I did actually. Well, fucking enjoy it more than I thought I would. Well, good if you for, are a Lord of the Rings fan or a Tolkien fan, do give it a watch. Good for you and yeah, George Zotti. <laughs> fucking George fucking Zotti. Is George in New York? Uh no, no. I think he's uh, I think he's got some vacation time this week. So uh it's Thanksgiving this weekend. I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Canadian and, Thanksgiving. Uh, we harvest early. Canadian. Just like just like how Christmas is a month earlier because we harvest our savings. I hate earlier. that we've started fucking calling it that ourselves. It really bothers me. What? Because you're not the first person to do it. I've been hearing everybody say Canadian Thanksgiving. Well, I'm just, just talking to the, I'm talking to the filthy Americans. I'm yeah. letting I'm I'm yeah. letting I'm letting the warmongers below the 49th Let's hope that the, the warmongers below aren't so fucking uneducated enough that they don't know that it's not their Thanksgiving. Oh, come on, man. I once convinced... Or do you think I any once... Americans are at home thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> I remember being asked about Canadian Thanksgiving when I was living in the States. But uh, listen, I once convinced a girl running a, uh, a watch 
kiosk, a time, you know, like a clock kia, uh, kiosk in a yeah. mall in Erie, Pennsylvania, that Canadians worked <laughs> on metric time, 10 hours a day, 10 days a week, baby. So don't fucking tell me that you can't fool people. Anyways, let's wrap it up there, motherfucker. 27 minutes longer than I had expected. (laughs) Oh, this is train going by. Happening. I'm sorry, I didn't realize there's this many trains at night. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Give us us your wrap up. Uh, Happening next Wednesday to to today. uh, Yeah, tomorrow. 13th that's tomorrow um, when this episode gets released oh yeah well tomorrow in in that portion of, of the, the quantum zone uh i will be heading there's very few very few tickets left to a meet and greet at gotham central comics and collectibles with mr kevin smith there you go and uh our good friend andrew thomas who is the letterer on kevin's new book masquerade mm-hmm. and he's gonna be there the tickets are only 50 bucks people i don't understand how they're not sold out yet i know it's a weird time it's two in the afternoon but that night he has to do the clerks three premiere in toronto so they've only got him for a couple hours i'm going to be there uh and then on october 22nd i know there's tickets still available for this uh there's a cool event happening may the north be with you happening in toronto uh with jim swearingen he's the original uh designer for uh canadian star wars toys and robert Irwin, who was the founder of Irwin toys and it's a uh, toy collector event there's gonna be swap meets and panels and very cool stuff happening you can go to maythenorth.com and check that out and then on october 29th we will be again at Gotham Central Comics and Collectibles, an elegant weapon. I will be hosting the Indie Fest that will be happening there. There will be a costume contest. There will be prizes for kids. There will be a whole bunch of cool artists set up there. A couple of raid guys, a couple of locals, uh, and it's going to be super duper fun. We'll be live streaming and stuff too. So uh, make sure that you all tune in or come on out and check that out. That is all the advertising I have to do for this, what is episode 413 of An Elegant Weapon. We are fast approaching episode 420, kids. We're going to make sure it's a special one for you. You filthy filthy hippie in your marijuana. Uh, And... uh, <laughs> and uh, on my side of things, you've been listening to episode 490 of the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Uh, coming up for me, uh, more effing bird stuff that will just uh, seamlessly uh, meld into existing social well, you media got feeds. Fucking- what? Dude, you got five hundred. What are you gonna do for five hundred? I don't know. I'm trying to get my dad. That's I want my. I want my. I want my dad to Aww. do five hundred. I would Aww. really like my dad to do five hundred. I have Aww. to convince him. That'd be sweet. I have to convince him. Uh, what else for me? Uh, no conventions that I know of uh, for the rest of the year. But of course, my new book, Strip Club Quotes, is available. Uh, you can go to rutgazer.com slash store and uh, and pick up a copy of, uh, of Strip Club Quotes. It's 180 pages of comic strips and, uh, and, and uh, just straight up weird ass quotes, things that I have overheard or said or had said to me, uh, 
over the last few years of my day job as a strip club DJ. And uh, what else? I don't know. I'm going to go open some Lego figures. I'm going to film that. That'll be on YouTube. And uh, finish reading uh, uh, World Without Love, the first volume of Zeb Wells' Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, go back through our archive on uh, handsomegeniusclub.com. You can find episodes with Zeb Wells, with Word Burglar, with WWE producer Ryan Katz, with uh, Star Wars and uh, Kim's Convenience star Paul Sun Hyung Lee, with... Uh, oh my God! With Dan Mendoza of Zombie Tramp, with Jamal Igel, with uh, with Andy Belanger, with K. Trevor Wilson, all kinds of great stuff in the archives at HandsomeGeniusClub.com. Just click Episodes list at the top, and uh, yada yada yada, blah blah blah. Yes, five hundred is approaching. So there. Um, you know, I'm telling you, I, I thought it was cool when I moved into the apartment above my shop. Because I was like, I'm the Fonz now. And now I'm realizing that I'm also the Blues Brothers. Because every five minutes, there's a train going by my back window. Hey, you louse. Now, my bed. <laughs> I don't I don't hear it inside. When I'm inside, I don't hear it at all. When you're, and, uh, when you're coming into your... I've been sitting outside for quite a while. Now yeah. I know to be aware that on what was it, Wednesday nights, at least, that there is Lots an immense trains. amount of trains. When when you uh, when you come home and you go up those stairs, Sorry, kids. when you come home yeah. and you go up those stairs, is there an old man who says, uh, "Hey, boy, do you remember my cheese whiz?" <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm quoting Blues Brothers for you. These are all scenes that revolve around the oh, the rooming house I where they live. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good shit. Yeah, that's man. good shit, kids. Yeah. Just love it. Elwood's, Elwood's uh, toasting a it. single piece of bread, and right. Jake, Jake falls asleep <laughs> with a bottle of Jack Daniels in his hand, and Elwood turns around and notices, and he looks at it and goes, hey, you louse, my bed. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then in the morning, uh, just as John Candy and the state troopers are, are, are coming to pick them up, uh, Carrie Fisher shows up, and fucking hits the building with a rocket launcher. Do you think if all Canadians could collectively bring one person back, it'd be John Candy? It might be John Candy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? It might be. If yeah. you put a list in front of people, it was like, here's like uh, 10 people. Yeah. I think they might all pick John Candy. <laughs> yeah. John, John Candy is beloved and sorely missed. And how long has it been? Like, oh, I don't know if anybody's that missed. God. It's, it's, been like it's almost 30 time, years. Right? It's almost 30 mm. years. I'll tell you right now, John Candy died in 1994, March of 94. Wow. John so Franklin Candy. Years? Yeah. Yeah, so wow, we are approaching that's... we're approaching 30 years. Hey, listen, um you're doing your Lego opening. You should TikTok that shit or something. I will. Yeah, you should get, get on that stuff. I'd like to see more more Kingdom James TikToks coming across my feed. Okay. And by the way, kids, if you're on TikTok, check out An Elegant Weapon because I'm there and I'm doing some fun stuff. And the yeah. Padawan is there. And, uh, you know, and if you like crazy tree shit, you can also check out Arbor Wand Kenobi because oh I'm also God. doing some crazy shit on there. Filthy so ponds. Check it out. All right. That's yeah. it for today. Yeah. Wrap it up. Woohoo! Wrap it up. Times. One love. Uh, everybody, that's all. 
we are going to have this week on the Handsome Genius Club and an elegant weapon. Take it easy. Bye, everybody. <laughs>